morning, everybody. This is Man Coverage with Knoxville Nate and James the Man Bonneville. We are here with you live April 10, 2022. It is a Sunday. It is a gorgeous day here. I hope it's nice where you all are. I want to first thank everybody for joining us today and for joining us throughout our college football journey. Uh, we love college football. We love talking about it, but but we wouldn't do it if we didn't actually have people tuning in. So thank you. James, how are you doing today, sir? Any better be a crime. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, we are going to talk to you a little bit today about college football. Obviously, uh, you know, we've got the offseason going on. We've got some uh, spring ball occurring. We have some spring games that are, are going through. We're going to break down those spring games probably in the upcoming weeks. We're just going to go through you know, what, what we got out of, uh, the spring ball, you know, what we got, what we saw, what we learned from the spring games, but I want to wait till all those conclude. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is obviously, uh, the draft. We've got, we got pro days wrapping up fresh off the Ohio state Buckeyes pro day. We've got uh, Ohio state wide receiver, special team standout, Chris Booker, who's going to join us today, uh, about the, uh, mid show hour. So stick around for that. Uh, prior to that, we're going to break down uh, all of our favorite and most intriguing draft prospects uh, by position. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, but we're going to have to talk a little bit about some sombering news because uh, one of my favorite players of all time in college football passed away yesterday at the age of 24, Dwayne Haskins. Only played one year really as a starter in college football, but what a year it was. Uh, this was a kid that threw for almost 5,000 yards, threw for 50 touchdowns. Uh, unbelievable. One of the greatest seasons in college football history. Uh, broke the Big Ten record set by Drew Brees. Uh, shattered 28 Buckeye records. And, um, you know, I, I I don't know what else you can say about him on the field as a as a college player. He He was big in big moments. Um, he was a first-team All-Big Ten. He was uh, the MVP of the Big Ten championship game. He was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. I mean, there really wasn't anything else he could do in college football in that after that one season, and, and thus the reason he uh, went to uh, the NFL and was drafted in the first round. Uh, had, had kind of a bad situation going on in, in Washington, which it's been a bad situation there for about 20 years. Uh, but, you know, was really hoping to resurrect his career. I was looking forward to potentially seeing him as the starter uh, this year, or at least battling for it in Pittsburgh. And uh, Coach Tomlin has been singing the praises of Dwayne Haskins and his work ethic and, and to get uh, killed at the age of 24 on the side of a, of a highway getting hit by a truck. Uh, I just I can't think of anything worse for him and for his family and, and for all of his friends and the people that loved him. Uh, James, what did you think when you heard the news yesterday? Well, you know, it hurt. I mean, it, it was funny. I, I stopped thinking of him as a football player and what he's accomplished at Ohio State and getting drafted in the first round and thought of him more as, you know, a father, a husband, a brother, a friend, a teammate. I mean, there, there's so many things that you could add to him that, go beyond the, the the lines on the field that yeah. he really touched a lot of people that out there today. And I, 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 for those that knew or close to him that played with him, that knew him, my heart goes out to you and my sympathies to you and to his family on his passing. I mean, it's, we, we like to talk a lot about what goes on between the lines, but it's outside the lines that we really touch people. And I want to make sure people know that we're, we're thinking about him and his family at this time period. So. Definitely. And thinking about him as a person, yeah. um, you know, I, I was appalled yesterday by some of the negative comments uh, that came out from some people in the media, you know, regardless of what you think about the kid, first off, those guys don't know him personally. And it sounded to me like Gil Brandt was, was bitter because he didn't come to his stupid draft party. And um, you know, Adam Schefter, obviously a Michigan guy through and through and let that uh, blue bleed out in his comments. I mean, you don't you don't need to comment what you think about him, uh, you know, his decisions or his playing style or whatever. That that's not what's important when somebody who's 24 years old uh, passes away. And I, I just thought that was horrible. 
uh, to see some of the people react like that. I mean, I, I obviously I only met Dwayne one time, uh, but I got to see him play live a few times. And and uh, from all accounts, from my my personal experience and from all accounts, he's a very nice young man, um, you know, came from the Bullis School in Maryland, uh, had a tremendous high school career. Yeah. And, um, say you know, that again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> one of the one of the top recruits in the country and always uh, apparently was a Buckeye fan. So, um, you know, well, that's, that's it, a his dream out. It's funny. I keep looking back at I remember when because that was a very late switch Haskins made from decommitting. I think it was on signing day. He decommitted from Maryland and D.J. Durkin to go to Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, think about how much that decommitment changed that program, how much better Maryland could have been. Now, granted, Maryland, you know, Dwayne Haskins could have been like a lot of Maryland quarterbacks and got hurt. But, I mean, Haskins was a special talent in college, and he showed that at Ohio State. But I think today we got to remember the person. The, and the impact he had off the field because, you know, he couldn't have done what he did on the field unless he had that impact off the field in the locker room. And today we're going to have somebody that can talk about, you know, that very thing and have the impact he had as well as other people had on him. So, yeah, he, the guys believed in him. I mean, you yeah. saw it when, when JT Barrett went down with an injury uh, it, against Michigan, um, you know, we, Ohio state was losing the game. And uh, Dwayne came in and he just knew that that they were going to win and his guys believed in him. And it wasn't just his, his athletic ability because he obviously had that, but it was his, you know, his moxie, the, the it factor, the character, the leadership. Those were the things that really stood out for me uh, for Dwayne Haskins in his long season as a starter, especially because I don't know if you recall, but Greg Shiano was the defensive coordinator that year in 2018 and the defense was horrible uh despite having some immense amount of talent on defense they just were not schematically uh good at all and uh, especially look thinking back about that maryland game that went into two overtimes Dwayne haskins threw for like 500 yards and, and five touchdowns and they needed every one of them uh to get that victory so this kid was a winner and uh he was a good teammate and a kid that was um you know looked up to uh by the rest of uh you know, the guys on the Ohio State team. So very, very, very tragic loss. And uh, as you mentioned, my heart's and uh, my heart and my thoughts and my prayers go out to to Dwayne's wife and to his family. Um, you know, this this has just got to be a horrible, horrible time for them. So uh, I hate to start the show on a down note, but uh, just just had to talk about that because that is uh, something that went down yesterday and, and hit me, hit me pretty hard. But um, moving along, I'd like to go ahead and get into our, our draft breakdown. Obviously, we have a guest coming on today, so I want to go ahead and get into this. Um, draft is coming up. We got less than three weeks ahead, almost two weeks now. Uh, and the draft is going to be upon us. And obviously, we know uh, going through this draft process a number of times, guys are going to go up, guys are going to go down. Uh, people are going to talk them up. People are going to go through their, you know, break down their film, break down their uh, you know, combine results, their pro days, all that type of thing, and have mixed reviews on them. But, uh, you know, I think we've got a pretty good handle on what we think so far. And I want to get into the edge rushers first. Um, you know, edge rusher is probably the number one position that guys look for in the draft after quarterback. As we know, this draft is not quarterback rich, despite what anybody says. And so I think probably the first player taken off the board is going to be an edge rusher. There's been a lot of talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, you know, we got Kayvon Thibodeau, George Karloftis from Purdue, Trayvon Walker, David Adabo, Jermaine Johnson, your boy from Minnesota, Mafe, uh, Nick Bonito from Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, a couple others that will probably be drafted pretty high. Um, James, give me your assessment about the guys that, that you like from this edge rusher group? Well, I mean, it, it, it's funny. You nailed it on the head before about everybody's looking at Aiden Hutchinson one. Honestly, the more I think about it, the more I like Trayvon Walker from Georgia. His only downside in my mind is, you know, 
was it him or all the talent with him? I mean, because you had Wyatt, you had Davis, you had Nicobe Dean, blah, blah. I could keep going on and on and on and on. It sounds like the Miami defense from 2001 or 95 Nebraska defense, which was just stacked to the gills with players. But the more I keep looking at his combine numbers, the numbers don't lie. The metrics don't lie. I think this kid is the real deal. And I think Jacksonville should take this kid one. I think he's got the speed power combination to really change the directory of what Byron left, which is trying to do there. I mean, granted, this DN draft is ridiculously deep. I mean, heck, you've got guys in the ADP of like 110 with uh, Saunders from uh, Cincinnati. I mean, there's so much here. If you're looking for an edge guy, you could go three rounds deep and still find great quality at this position. Uh, But what are your thoughts, Nate? Yeah, I, I like Walker, and and he, you know, to me, he showed up big on the biggest stage, uh, played played really well, you know, in the college football playoff, and I think was dominant at times. And I, I could see him going one for sure. A guy that I really like um, on top of Walker, I could see Walker going one, and I think I'm with you. I think Walker or this guy, uh, Jermaine Johnson, out of yeah. Florida State should be the number one guy taken. I mean, look at this dude's production. Uh, this guy, Jermaine Johnson, was the ACC player of the year. Um, just an incredible burst off the edge. But this is a dude that can also play the run and can really get after it. But as we as we know, you know, throwing the ball and getting after the guy throwing the ball are the number one things in, in pro football. So uh, that's why Jermaine Johnson, to me, is 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 it i mean look at him he plays with tenacity he's got a really really quick first step i mean he, he can get around uh big time pass blockers but he can also uh run through them and i love his power i love his measurables um there's not a whole lot i don't like about him he's 6'5 254 he's got the frame where he could add a little bit uh of of weight uh but could still uh, get after uh, the pass rusher because he's got that elite top end speed. And, um, you know, this was a kid that was on that. I mean, think about this. This Jermaine Johnson kid was also on that Georgia team. And I, I just like, I'm thinking about all the talent that was on that Georgia defensive line. This kid was on that same defensive line, you know, uh, two years ago. So, uh, you know, this is the kid that when I watch the tape, it really, he really comes off as the best. Uh, edge rusher, in my opinion, and the dude that I would probably take first if I was the guy in the draft room. What What is your thoughts on Johnson? Well, I, you know, he's a Minnesota kid. He went to Eden Prairie, played for Mike Grant at Eden Prairie. It was all Metro his senior year. I mean, I know a lot about this kid. Great speed off the edge. I, I, I mean, he's definitely going to go in that top 10 area and could, you know, very well could be that number one pick if things end up right. It just seems more and more like Jacksonville's leaning that direction. I think so too. I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not down on uh, Hutchinson. I mean, no, I, 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 right. I think he's a good player. I, I think he did. He tested uh, well. Yeah. He, I'm not, I'm not down on him, but I just think if I was drafting someone and I was going to invest millions of dollars and I'm watching the tape, this is the kid that, that, that jumps off for me. And this is who I would go after. I mean, I'm not saying that Aiden Hutchinson shouldn't be drafted. I'm not saying that he's not a a good talent in his draft. But I'm just saying if if I'm looking at these two guys and I could pick either one and I want to make them the cornerstone uh, cornerstone of my defense for the next 10 years, this is who I'm going with. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, quite frankly, if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go one, he doesn't slip past five. Right. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he may end up in Detroit, honestly, exactly. Uh, if he doesn't go to Jacksonville. But if I'm Jacksonville, you've got to get this right. You've got to get a guy that can be a game changer starting on day one, because we know things have things have gone downhill for Jacksonville for quite some time. And they need somebody uh, that can can make a difference uh, immediately. I, I don't know what you think, but that's how I think about it. Well, it's funny you bring it up. I never even thought about this, but I, I think you could make a realistic argument that if if he doesn't go, if if Hayden Hutchinson doesn't go one, he has to go two because Detroit is going to have no choice but to go after the hometown kid. I mean, yeah. went to Devon Ch- Divine Child and Dearborn. I mean, it's 
Dearborn's not that far away from their practice facility. I mean, this no. is, it seems like a no brainer in my mind. So I agree. And I, I think he probably won't get past two, but uh, I just like Johnson at number one. I did. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, it, I, I, for me, it's Walker, but I can completely see your point. Yeah. Walker's good too. Either one of those guys I could see going number one, but uh, the, probably the, the most rich position in this draft, at least in my opinion, is the wide receiver position. Um, I think this is a draft where there's going to be some guys taken high uh, from the wide receiver, but you can also get a guy later uh, because of the depth at this position. Guys like Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Tolbert, Justin Ross, uh, Pierce from Cincinnati, Mechie from Alabama. Uh, there's a bunch of David Bell from Purdue, who who I think still is a, a good-looking prospect. Wandale, uh, Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. All these guys, I think, are, are going to be difference makers in the league and potentially can make a, uh, a splash in year one. Probably the most intriguing guy is Jamison Williams uh, coming off the injury. Where is he going to go? How far does he fall due to tearing his ACL in the uh, championship game? Uh, that's going to be something to watch. But but James, who do you like? Who's your guy that you really feel like is going to make an impact in year one? Uh, you know, there's a couple guys, actually. I had one guy written down as a guy that I've been talking about probably for the last few months. Christian Watson, North Dakota State wide receiver. A guy who probably wasn't going to get drafted at the beginning of going to last season. And now we are talking, I've seen some mocks have him in the first round going to Kansas City, which if there's a place to go, Kansas City would be the it factor with Mahomes being there. Uh, I mean, got great length, great on the edge. I mean, I, 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 I'm a big fan of Christian Watson. Not many people know about him, but another name that just kind of hit me while we were talking is in the there's a comp to Mike Tom, Michael Thomas, former Ohio State receiver, who slipped down in a draft. And nobody understood why, because he was projected as a first-rounder, and that is David Bell from Purdue. Yeah. I think these guys are very, very similar in a lot of ways. And I could see that. I mean, look at what he did to Iowa in Iowa, ripping them up. I mean, yeah. it, you just don't do that. I mean, he is an incredible receiver. And somehow he's getting downgraded. What are your thoughts, Nate? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really. I mean, did he have the fastest forty time? No, but he's no. fast on the field, and and his numbers and his production, um, you know, really stand out for me. And I, I think that uh, look at him fifty fifty balls. I mean, yeah. he is. He knows how to box people out so well. I mean, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like Rashad Bateman used to do it in Minnesota before he went to Baltimore. He's just that good at doing it. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Rashad Bateman as far as his production goes, as far yeah. as his production goes. That's kind of who I comp him with. Uh, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know who I'm going to talk about, and that's Chris Olave. Uh, this is a kid who um, has just done nothing but produce since he got the opportunity to set foot on the field. And we think of all the great, you just mentioned Michael Thomas, and we think about all the great wide receivers that have set foot in Ohio State, Joey Galloway, David Boston, um, Terry McLaurin, um, you know, name it. I mean, there, there's, there's been receivers there for, for years. Paris Campbell, Paris yeah. Campbell, uh, Teddy Ginn Jr., Santonio Holmes, the list goes on and on and on. This guy has been the most productive of any of them leads, uh, all Ohio state receivers all time in touchdowns and, uh, just is a really good route runner. Uh, he's just, He's always been big in the big moments. It just seemed to me whenever Ohio State needed a big play and, and really, you know, was at that point where somebody had to do something, this guy always seemed to do it, whether he was covered or not. Uh, I'm in love with him. And if I was a, uh, a team in the NFL and I needed a wide receiver, I don't know why you wouldn't take this guy. And, and you know, I like Garrett Wilson too, but uh, this dude is, is just a production machine and uh, love to get your thoughts on him. Uh, you know, I, I'm the one thing about Olavi is he never feels like he's going full speed steam. He yeah. always seems like he, it's just he, the game has come so naturally to him that it just he always has something left in reserve. He's yeah. always relaxed, very kept together. I, I, I the question is, where does he go? I think personally, I, if I were him, 
if Arizona was available, going back home probably wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for him to play in that kind of offense with Kyler Murray. I don't think they need another receiver, but I mean, he can only imagine how he'd probably appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of homes for him. I don't think he fits everywhere, but I think he he definitely is a late, mid to late first round guy that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I, I think he goes in the first round. I, I honestly think Wilson uh, may go ahead of him, but I think whoever uh, whoever gets this guy is going to be very happy because I think he's he's so polished, yeah. in my opinion, that he's going to be able to step in and, and not really, you know, we've seen it recently. You know, it used to be, uh, as you recall, back in the day, it took guys a little while to get going in the yeah. NFL. I mean, it just, it, it, guys didn't really step in usually in year one and dominate, but, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, it, it's been occurring more and more. And I think this is a guy that can do that as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but this is a very, uh, you know, even if you don't get a receiver in the first round, you're going to be able to get some talent later, uh, later on. And I think that'll lead to some teams passing on a wide receiver in round one, because they think they can get a guy that can step in and help their team later on. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Another position group that I wanted to talk about is the running backs in this draft. Obviously, running back is a position that is not valued uh, the way that it used to be. But, you know, we've seen where guys can make a difference. I mean, Derrick Henry obviously been dominating since he was drafted last year. You know, the Steelers really needed a running back in the worst way. Najee Harris not only delivered, but exceeded expectations, in my opinion. And there's some guys that I think can step in and do that this year. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, is a dude that that I'm really high on. As you know, I've been high on him all offseason. Brees Hall, another guy I can see coming in and playing. I really like uh, the versatility of James Cook. I thought Brian Robinson had a tremendous year at uh, Alabama. And then the uh, the transfer from Alabama, Jerome Ford, uh, had himself a hell of a year at Cincinnati. Uh, what do you think about this, this position group as far as the running backs go? And who is it that you like? Honestly, I think it's pretty weak compared to past years. Um, a guy I just, a guy I've always been a big fan of, out of uh, Wichita Northwest via Iowa State Breeze Hall. I... Everybody kept going back to Brock Purdy in that defense. Brees Hall made that team click. And I think that is the biggest problem that Matt Campbell's going to have next year is not having a Brees Hall type of running back there for him in his backfield in the stable. Um, do I still think Iowa State's going to be good? Absolutely. But I, Brees Hall was a very special player. I think he got really overshadowed. Um going into this year uh but he he he's a, he's a phenomenal talent and i could see him gone by the third round yeah i agree and um you know they had armstrong a couple of years ago and then and then there was really no drop off when hall took over as the starter and um you know really really opened up things in the passing game or should have opened up things in the passing game for for the uh iowa state cyclone so i yeah. like him but um you know one guy that that i don't think is really getting the pub that he should be is uh, Notre Dame running back Kyron Williams. Um, yes, this, this is a dude that um, you know not not really the biggest guy, but man, he plays big. And I mean, look at this run right here. Uh, this is a, this was a play here where he probably should have been tackled in the backfield against UNC, and he took it to the house. And I saw a number of plays. I mean, watch this. There's no hole. There is no hole. I mean, this is a pretty good offensive line at Notre Dame, but you saw that play. The, the, that was a, a going right up the guard's butt, and there was no hole at all. He bounces it all the way to the left side, outruns several guys uh, for the North Carolina defense, and takes it to the house. And I, I, this is a dude that can not only uh, bust those long outside plays, but can run between the tackles and, and get it done. I think he runs with a low center of gravity. He's got his tremendous balance. He's got an excellent vision, as we just saw. And he can catch passes out of the backfield, as we're seeing right here on this highlight, um, which he gets no credit for. So this is a dude that I think, um, you know, may not be a first-rounder and uh, may not get a ton of pub uh, leading up to the draft. But somebody's going to get this guy and is going to fall in love with him in uh, fall camp. What do you think about Williams? You know, it's funny. is The more I sit here watching him play, um, well, once again, this is another St. Louis kid uh, on a St. John's Vianney high school. Uh, 
the part I like about Kyron Williams is um, he reminds me a lot of remember Terry Allen, the old Vikings running back that went to Clemson, oh, yeah. you know, not the biggest, not the fastest, but great balance, low center of gravity. I mean, look at his thighs. He's just, yeah. he's just a kid that just runs with a purpose and it, it, it just shows. I mean, is, is he going to be an every down back? Maybe, maybe not if he finds the right situation, but I could see this kid really showing something out at, at the next level. Yeah, and I mean, you think about all the success that Notre Dame football has had uh, the past three or four years, yeah. and really a lot of that was predicated upon Williams and what he was able to do in the run game. I mean, this is a kid that was counted on for production uh, nonstop, and not only did he produce, but I feel like he exceeded expectations and was really a leader and a captain on this Notre Dame football team. And uh, I, I was just so impressed with him. And in, in nearly every game that I watched, he, he just seemed to produce nonstop and was a dude that, you know, especially this year with Cohen at quarterback, had some uh, questionable uh, passing uh, abilities, to say the least. But the running game never sloughed off. And this kid produced no matter who they were playing. And I, I really think he may be one of the steals of this draft. Agreed. Agreed. I where do you see him going though? Like a third or fourth rounder? I, I see him probably going in the third round. Um, and I think if somebody gets him in the third round, that that's a steal. Yeah. Uh, because I think he he's a guy that can slide in and play right away. He he's been you know he's he's polished. I mean I I don't see he, he can pass protect as I mentioned. Not you know doesn't get any credit for it, but he can catch balls out of the backfield, and then he's a tremendous runner with a, a amazing vision. So yeah. I think uh, third round. Uh, is probably where he'll be selected. But uh, I think, you know, if he goes for, uh, ahead of that or goes higher, I wouldn't be blown away. And uh, I think a team, you know, it wouldn't be hurting itself doing that. A Denver would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, I think they need some help, uh, especially uh, losing the, uh, the Wisconsin running back uh, to free agency. They're going to have to have at least one one other back uh, behind uh, the, the North Carolina kid who's, who's kind of stepping into the starter role. Yeah, Javante Williams, you got it. Thank you. Thank you for the name. Uh, but, yeah, real quick, I just wanted to hit on uh, – we've got Chris Booker coming up here in one second, but I wanted to hit on the corners. And uh, the guy that I really like is a guy that's really being talked about right now a lot, and that's Ju um, Gardner, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Uh, this is a kid who, in my opinion, is the best corner uh, in this draft. Uh, I, I love the way that he can tackle, like we just saw there in the run game. I love his coverage ability. Um, this is a kid where I, I really don't see, I couldn't find anything wrong with him. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of hard to do when you're looking at defensive backs. So, uh, what did you think about, uh, sauce and, uh, is there anybody else that you like more than him at the corner position? Shockingly, Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah. You know, I, it, the more I, I love sauce Gardner and his stats don't lie. I mean, not giving up a touchdown during his four years in Cincinnati is pretty freaking amazing. In, in some ways, I look at Stingley, though, and I wonder, he saw all of his friends go to the pros and do well. And you wonder in some ways in 2020 and 2021, he kind of sat back and just made sure he didn't get hurt because he was the best player on that national championship team in 2019. I mean, there's no questions asked. He was just that freaking good. Um I just don't see him getting out, getting him not getting picked before. I mean, he, if he gets to the Vikings at 12, the Vikings are going to take him. I don't care who else is there. The Vikings will get him at 12. Yeah, I, I see the Vikings. Um, we, we talked about this the other day, but I, I there's going to be a corner selected by the Vikings. I can't see them going into the season with Dantzler uh, as their starting corner again. Uh, obviously, Patrick Peterson uh, found the, the fountain of youth and, and played pretty good last year, but they need help at the corner position big time. And uh, I, I can see if sauce is still on the board, I can see him going to uh, Minnesota uh, without a doubt and fitting in on that. Yeah. Defense. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I, I like sauce. I think he's a, uh, he's obviously, um, you know, playing for coach fickle in, in Cincinnati. I think he's, he's been groomed uh, well and just a, is a, a playmaker and that's what you need uh, to be productive at the next level um, is those ball skills and also uh, the athletic ability, which, which he obviously has. 
So uh, moving along here, um, we'll, we'll get into more of these draft uh, breakdowns as we move along in our show throughout the, the off season here. But I want to go ahead and bring in uh, our guest for today, and that is uh, Chris Booker. Hey, Chris, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing good, good Chris. Uh, thank you so good. much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. No problem. Uh, just going uh, going to get right into it. I wanted to talk to you a little bit today. Uh, obviously, we love your story, and uh, you know, you you're a guy that uh, has put the work in, and that's uh, that's what I love. I mean, I played Division three football, so I wasn't on TV, but uh, I still had to put in the work uh, to get on the field and then to get it done. And so, I just wanted to hear a little bit about your journey, man, and then what kind of drove you to to come to Ohio State and put in all that work, you know, after, um, you know, starting out at Dayton and, and transferring uh, to OSU? Yeah, so I started at Dayton. Um, I was a scholarship player type, type player there, and, you know, it didn't really work out. Um, it wasn't close to home, so I decided to go to a school where I knew I had family at, and my cousin went to Ohio State at the time. And so I decided to go to Ohio State just to be a, a student there. And obviously, you know, football, the love for football is kind of hard to get away from you. And, and I, I joined, you know, I was playing like seven on seven and, you know, that type of flag football intramural leagues with my, my cousin. And, and uh, that really like made me realize that I still had like some inner fire to play the game. and that competitive nature never really went away. So I, I wanted to test out like the club team yep. at uh, Ohio State. And then I, that's how I joined the club team. And uh, my coach, Coach um, Coach Grega, uh, he was really the guy who like got me on the varsity team. Um, he sent out my film to uh, both Justin and um, Justin Perez and Tim Hinton, uh, two guys who handle recruiting processes there. And uh, they gave me the chance to join the team and give me a, um, a little tryout interview type thing. And it uh, went, went well. So I decided to walk on. Um, but yeah, I, I as soon as I joined the team, I heard my coach talk about, uh, Coach Greg, I've heard him talk about it before, but he's he was like, uh, he's, I've heard him say that I was just too talented to play on the club team. And I felt like it was still like really fun, like hanging out with the guys and you know, being on that level. And, uh, I think if I didn't play at the club level, my love for football probably would have went away because it was, it was so fun. And it's just a different type of atmosphere when you're going in the shoe. Um, you're kind of just out there and everybody, you know, is playing just because you know they love football and they want to keep playing football and um that really like uh brings like a different energy to the feel of the game and to your team and every practice and, and every situation uh that you get in you know off the field so uh it was different and those relationships that I made on the club level are definitely some relationships that I'm going to keep the rest of my life. And I'm grateful for that time. Um, but yeah, then I, then I joined the uh, varsity team, um, 2019 summer of 2019. And, uh, I was really light. So I've always been kind of a lighter guy. Um, I've always been like a skilled player. Um, when, when I was really young, I mean, you know, really young. I was one of the bigger guys, but uh, that changed quick. And um, so I knew when I joined the team that I was going to have to get stronger. And yeah. if I didn't get like bigger, because I had never been really comfortable playing, I think the highest weight I got at Dayton was 179. Yeah. Um, and I knew that even then I was just like eating all the time and really pushing it. So I knew that I was going to have to get stronger for sure. So I went really hard in the weight room um, during the season and after the season in the winter. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, the, you know, the, the conditioning program and the weightlifting program yeah. at Ohio state. I mean, 
compare and contrast that with with what you had at Dayton? What 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 was different? Yeah. Um, different was probably well, I was a, I was a freshman, so it was different at Dayton, where when you come in at Ohio State and you're kind of like, um, I was a newcomer, but I wasn't like exactly a freshman, so I didn't really go through what they went through when they first got there because I was so like late there. Uh, typically summer starts like summer workouts start in June and I got there in July because of like, uh, you know, processing and needing to like meet some type of uh, requirement to get on the team and like interviews and stuff. So the process took a little long. So I wasn't there uh, initially when they farted, first started summer, but um, I think, uh it was it was harder at Ohio State just because like everybody expects you to be strong when you're first getting in there. I remember when I first started uh and I could only do like 185 on bench. I could only do 185 four times. Yeah. And uh like they were the script the strength coaches were like rolling their eyes and like <laughs> they're like, oh my God, we got another one of these dudes. And but um, get this guy bulked up, huh? Was that yeah. Mariotti who was the strength coach when you were there too? Barry, no. Um, no, my... Mickey Mariotti. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Coach Mick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He um he was there. You know, there's like there's a couple guys that you work with. Um, my guy has always been Coach Quinn Barham, um, and I I've been working with him since I joined the team, and I was working with him in the uh time leading up to pro day um because he just really knows like my body and knows how to get me stronger and knows what i need so um i really trust him um but yeah he was the guy who was kind of like oh man this guy's you know only benching 185 four times and like that number shot up i assure you uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> i can only imagine yeah. yeah after after a short amount of time i was already benching 225 and then um, it's just, I would just say like the difference is really that it's, it's more like performance and toughness based and focused on, um, you becoming as strong and as tough as you can, because yeah. at Dayton, I feel like we were working out to maintain, maintain conditioning and obviously get stronger and you want to get stronger if you're playing like football against you know grown men uh, in college. So when we came in, yeah, it was hard. Um, but I just remember like it always being um, similar at Dayton, and then uh, and it's no disrespect to Dayton, but it was always like um, when I was younger, uh, I wasn't um, I wasn't necessarily invested in it, so I could get away with stuff. More than, but they're more in your face at Ohio State. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, <laughs> and like I have a bunch of like memories of me when I first got there, and um, Coach uh, Tus, who's now at uh, I think Boston College, he's the head strength coach there. Um, he was the guy who came in and like kind of. Um, was leading my workouts when I was getting adjusted and, you know, having that, that time, um, in the summer. And I, <laughs> I probably pissed him off more times than I would have liked <laughs> just not knowing how to do some exercises and, you know, like first getting in there and it being just difficult to like learn the ropes uh, because yeah. it is just never, I was just never used to it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta learn you gotta start somewhere and you gotta learn. But right. obviously you you did learn and you put the work in. So you get through all that, you get a little mm -hmm. bit bigger, you obviously yeah. get a chance to be on the field. What yeah. was that like, man? Uh finally getting out there and getting to uh you know perform on on the biggest stage in the world, uh at Ohio State. Yeah, it was amazing. Um my first game in the shoe uh when I played was uh twenty twenty. So we weren't playing in front of fans. Um, but when you walk in there, it almost seemed bigger because like the, it's a gigantic stadium and there's like nobody in there. So it's like a huge echo and, and you're, you're about to play. 
Yeah, you got to, you, you're about to like play, you know, in the biggest game of your life at that stage for me. So um, I just remember like walking in uh, the locker room before and just being like having so much energy and being so excited, like not like there was not a nervous moment in my body. Um, just because uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm really about to go play for Ohio State. And like it, it's it's. I, it's just crazy to, you know, get to that point um, from where I was. So I think yeah. uh, I was really just more excited than anything. Uh, and it went really well. My first game, I got special teams player of the week um, from the coaches. Um, and uh, I, I tried my best to make an impact and then it just went up from there. So I think it was just really just the effort and hard work. Chris, what after you left club ball and started practicing, when did it feel like, oh crap, this is real? Like this is the big time. Like is there a is there a story or a, a time where you're like you got rocked or something, you're like lining up against somebody and you're like, Oh, this is Jeff Okuda. He's gonna get drafted in the first round. I mean, like yeah. what 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 can what can you tell us on that? Um it still kind of doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm still going <laughs> through it um, because like now I have the chance to play in the NFL and I had the chance to go out and compete at pro day and at Ohio state. Like, it's like, it doesn't really seem like it's real yet. Um, but when I was going through it, like the first thing I thought of when I got in the building was just, okay, you got like a second chance. And then, you know, after that, and I, I feel like, okay, like now you know what to do in terms of the weight and like the strength. And then like all these talented receivers around me at the time, it was like CJ Saunders, Ben Victor, Austin Mack and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett was a freshman at the time. Yeah. And then all the other guys in the room, um, you, KJ Hill, you just, and you know all the walk-ons and you know there's a lot of talent there always yeah. even if it's not scholarship you know um and uh i think like getting in there and just like being that competitive like element uh changes your mindset like it it has to your mindset has to change like you have to like be like okay i need to get better every day Oh, yeah. uh, if I'm not getting better, then somebody's passing me up. And um, there's like this sense of urgency, but there's also like this sense of like, um, it's just cool to be, just be in the in the building and be around like all these like athletes that are, you know, about to be in the NFL or great athletes. Like um, you're just around like such, you know, uh, magnetic personalities and and people all the time uh and you're all growing together so it's it's really important to i feel like stay grounded yeah. um and uh that's what i was trying to do with the uh you know telling myself to get stronger and stuff like that because i know it's not gonna like i know i have to earn it like I, i'm not just gonna walk in and they're gonna give me an opportunity i know i had to get stronger if i wanted to get on the field I know I had to work hard. I know I had to show that I was working hard and give effort. Um, and so, yeah. And then there would be times when I was going up against like Damon Arnett and Jeff Okun and, and <laughs> Jordan Fuller and, uh, you know, on the scout team. And um, you just, uh, it's, it's just like, you, you feel so great when you win a rep or, you know, when you have like a good, route and you maybe don't get the ball but you feel like okay now like you know i've always felt like i can do this but it, just, it shows me that i can do this now because all these guys are like you know nfl talent and like i'm competing against them and yeah. you know beating them sometimes and that's got to be that's got to be reassuring right there <laughs> yeah uh, for yeah, no definitely. doubt and, and and talk to us a little bit more man you, you i know you just came off uh the pro day tell us a little bit about what that was like uh, going through the drills, you know, performing uh, in front of all those NFL teams? And and did you get a chance to talk to any of those, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
personnel from from those squads that were there to watch you guys? Yeah, definitely. I talked to some of them. Um, I got an agent uh, early in uh, January, and uh, nice. he's been he was talking to some teams before uh, and uh, after since on my behalf uh, during the pro day. Um, yeah, I've you know I've, I've been in talks with some teams. I'd rather not say who they are before yeah, no. <laughs> not to jinx it, but um, it was on on the like on the day of pro day uh i'm going in there and um uh before you're just making sure that like you get enough food in your system Mm -hmm. and uh you wake up early enough i couldn't sleep the night before i was i made sure i like took i I, like i took melatonin i was like you know uh in bed by 10 like very early and just laying there before yeah just you know (laughs) prepared for that and i still ended up waking up like two hours before my alarm went off uh, (laughs) but i jumped out of bed too ready to go yeah i was yeah i was i had (laughs) tons of energy um i ate two meals before because i was just like i need to maintain this energy Uh, and then i walked in the building at like i don't know 10 um just getting ready for it hey guy uh sorry my my dog is bothering me (laughs) <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah. Getting attacked at um, the table. Nah, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm Wants good. to be part of the interview. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, <laughs> but let me get back on track here. So, yeah, I no, walked but, I mean, did you get drills and stuff? I mean, what what was it like just going through all the drills? And you know, did you feel like you you did well? And were these things that you'd been working on leading up to the pro day? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we work on everything. Uh, you know. Um, we try to get uh, our pro day training, training kind of look like we would do speed and then change the direction. Uh, and we would do each of those two times a week. And then we would have one day off um, and then uh, strength training every day other than the day off. Um, and we would do, so we would do all the drills like pro shuttle and, and, and everything. And I didn't do bench, but I was still like training bench and, and you know, strength training my chest and like you know, everything else so I could like be ready for uh, everything. But um, yeah, I walk in the building uh, and my first, the first exercise is vert and vertical jump. And I knew I was gonna jump like around 33. I had been jumping like 34, I think, uh, and, and, and training and, uh, and like uh, right before I'm about to go up, like uh, <laughs> a coach comes up to me, like one of the scouts. Um, actually, it was a coach, and he came up to me, uh, and he was like, "Hey, nice to meet you. I, I know who you are, and like, uh, good luck today." And like, you know, and then you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, like, coach just came up to me, and like, so they know, like, I'm on their radar, and then and I gave me a little boost yeah and i ended up uh pr and i jumped 36 Whoa, and nice. that started my day like really well so after you like after you have like a great start you're like okay this day is probably gonna go really great and like you know uh just rode those um highs all the way up until uh the end of it and ended up having a really good workout overall and was talking to coaches at the end or uh scouts and people at the end so it was it was good and nice. i think it went you know, really well, about as well as I uh, could have expected. Um, I was expecting to perform well because I always, you know, I'm always invested in myself and I know how much work I put in, put in. So I know, uh, you know, what I'm capable of. And uh, I, I thought I, for the most part, performed uh, well. I know there's things I could have done better still, but um, felt really good going away from it. And, uh, everything I was hearing was great and what my agent was hearing was great. So it was a great day overall and just a really surreal moment. Nice. Nice. Who, what mentor helped you the most as far as not only, you know, stuff that you could take on not only today, but in the future too, as well. Like, was it a player a coach, a friend, somebody off the field? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say coach Quinn, coach Quinn Barham, Barham. Um, I've been work, I've been working with him the longest, uh, 
you know, we sometimes we just sit around and like talk about life and you know, he's he's like a big brother to me. Um uh kind of the guy I trust to really come and like talk to about just anything that's going on in my life, uh anything at all. Um and uh he you know has so much knowledge about um football but also life in general and you know the type of person he is is a great person he's a great father and husband and the type of person i want to strive to be so i feel like um having him talk through it and just hearing his thoughts and his mindset and how he goes through it i'm like close um but i want to be uh you know in that position that he's in one day so yeah it's definitely like the type of person that i would I would say coach Quinn. Nice. Hey, and and Chris, I got a question for you. Obviously, you know, you played at a a big time high school in St. Louis and, and then, you know, was a scholarship player at Dayton. So you, you saw some guys that were talented, but talk to me a little bit about uh, these guys that, that you, you know, were on the team with and caught balls from at at Ohio state. I mean, Justin Fields, obviously uh, one of the, one of the biggest uh, you know, guys I've ever seen, one of the best guys I've ever seen that stepped in in year one and just produced right away and, uh, you know, didn't seem didn't seem big for him at all, uh, you know, from when he got there to the minute he left. Yeah. And then, you know, there really wasn't a drop-off this year when when C.J. Stroud stepped in. So just talk to us a little bit yeah. about those two guys and, and what you saw out of them uh, talent-wise. Justin is just uh... – a crazy athletic all around QB that you would want uh, to build your franchise around. Uh, and the bears are really lucky that they have him. Um, cool, calm and collected, like wherever he is, uh, even on the, that's his personality really doesn't change. And um, he's, he's always like, I feel like he's always like thinking one step ahead. It seemed like he was, you know, um, one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever been around. Um, and then CJ too. Uh, CJ is very smart, very capable, a great arm, can make any throw on the field. Same with Justin. Um, and both the talent like you would expect at Ohio State. Um, and it was crazy like getting to compete with them because uh, you know you you come out of high school and um, you hope you get a good quarterback like. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really guaranteed, but you always hope. Um, at Dayton, there were good quarterbacks. Um, and then you get to Ohio State, and it's just, like, it's crazy the amount of talent and how lucky you can really get because uh, you get to play with, you know, uh, first-round guy, 11, uh, 11th overall, I think, for Justin, and then, um, CJ, you know, will definitely be up there, you know, next year or the year after that, wherever he chooses. So it's definitely uh, a blessing just to be around that talent and see how they work and operate and how they, you know, um, approach every situation and every um, down and you know how they uh, how they uh, how they operate. So it's really it's really cool to see. Um, yeah, and I I think they're I think they're gonna go really far in their careers. And I know Justin's just getting started and CJ too. So. Uh, I agree. Absolutely. Well, who, what advice would you give to a future coach, a future player now that going what you've gone through, looking back on it, what, what, what would you do to give advice to even, you know, Chris Booker four years ago? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Ah, well, first of all, to other people, I would just say like, um, and even like younger me, I would say, just believe in yourself. There was like times when I wasn't always, uh, believing in myself and, um, know that if you work hard enough, uh, at your craft that you'll just start gaining more confidence and, and belief and knowing that you can do something because the results are going to show on the field and in your training. And you need to just trust that those results are going to yield something. Uh, That was the biggest thing for me um, was that I always like trusted that the work would 
you know, turn out to be, you know, it would pay off. And I, yeah. I you know, I would always like, um, I would always tell myself like when I was younger, like, uh, you know, just, just play as hard as you can, but you know, really you can play as hard as you can. You can always give effort. You know, that's the one thing you can control. You can't really control what you're gifted with and, you know, your yeah. genetics and everything, but you can control your effort. Um, but then, uh, how hard you work outside of that will determine what kind of player you're going to be. So, um, yeah hard work, uh, and, and effort and always, you know, um, striving to be the best player you can be and having confidence in yourself to just do it. And then, um, for myself, I would say, um, trust it, trust the process, trust the process. Uh, wasn't exactly, I would probably, I would probably take a different route. Um, initially, um, the knowledge that I have now is just like so much more than I had in high school. So yeah. I feel like, you know, I would make different choices just even like with school and, and everything and um, just knowing what I know now. But I think, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So um, I'm not, you know, I'm very proud of my journey and I'm, I'm grateful to be in the position that I am now. And uh, I think that it's really, really uh taught me a lot you know at, at life as life or about life and as a person so uh i'm really grateful for that and yeah i would just say trust the process and hard work and effort yeah man you can only make the decisions when they come uh come in front of you and and i think you've done a great job man and i just want to tell you. you uh from all of us here on our show and and everybody i'm a buckeye fan so uh mm. buckeye fans in general man we're we're very proud of you and the work you Thank put you. in and and all the great job uh the great job that you did the past couple of years uh making this team better and and producing out in the field so we wish you nothing but the best Thanks, uh hopefully we can we can check in with you again as the process continues and uh, we thank you so much for joining us today and, and wish you all the luck as you go forward in this. All right. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. Hey, thank all you right. for your time. Yeah, thank you so much, thank Chris. You. And good luck to you. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. As you said, sometimes hard work does pay off. And if you keep working as hard as you are, I know it will uh, It'll work out for you down the road. Okay. Appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much. All right, thank Chris. You. Have a good one. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. All right. That was Chris Booker, man. Uh, Great story. I feel like I learned uh, a ton of stuff today because uh, that was that was awesome. And it was really cool to hear. I wanted to hear his story. You know, I've read uh, some articles and uh, I've seen some some clips of him, but I wanted to hear it uh, firsthand. I wanted to get my questions answered and hear about his story. Uh, what do you think, James? Yeah, it's a great story. I mean, not only that, just you know you know finding the passion again for it you know i i think that's something a lot of people don't understand it's just that you know with a lot of things people just kind of fall in love with it and he found going back to playing club ball going back to the yeah. basics yeah. made him love the sport that much more and not only that to see what he was made of you know yeah. he, he really pushed himself against the best competition I mean, let's be honest, that <laughs> that wide receiver room is insane. Yeah, no, that, I can't. That, I, he yeah. was naming guys that I, I honestly I yeah. forgot about, you know, Austin Mack, uh, Benjamin Victor, K.J. Hill. I mean, K.J. Hill was the leading receiver one of those years over all the other guys they had. Like he mentioned, uh, Garrett Wilson was on the roster at that time, yeah. Chris Olave, but they didn't even really see the field that much because it was. Uh, you know, Benjamin Victor, it was Austin Mack. It was, um, you know, those guys getting getting most of the reps. And for him to be able to carve a niche out for himself and uh, see the field and, and work his way onto the field in special teams, coming from that position group, probably the most talented yeah. uh, position group on that team, uh, which, well, as we saw, made the college football playoff every year he was there. I, I mean, if you had to go back and putting it in perspective, once again, excuse me, showing you how old I am, you would have to look back at the 1980s University of Miami roster, yeah. their receiving room, where, heck, even the guys on the fourth string were first-round draft picks. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it was just like during the Michael Irvin era. It was just crazy how 
freaking talented that room was. And he was there at Ohio State during the midst of a great run. Right. And I hope the best for him. He's going to, you know, it, it, you could definitely tell the passion is there. Yeah. The, the, the love for the game, the craft is there. Well, and, and he said he would tell his younger self some things. I got to tell you, I wish I had his head on my shoulders when I was his age. Oh, completely. <laughs> because he is, uh, he's very mature uh, for his age. And I, I was very impressed with the way that, just the way that he thinks about things. And, and I, I loved his perspective because, you know, just, and I didn't play big time ball, but just going to the, you know, play football in college like I did, I never really realized how much work it took. Um, and you don't really realize that till you get there. In high school, you know, you go and you practice for an hour or two after school, and then you play a game on Friday, and, you know, that's kind of it. Well, you get to college, and it's, you know, you, you meet with your position coaches, and you watch film of practice, not just game film. You watch practice film, and then you practice, you know, two, three hours. You get your ankles taped. You go to the training room. You watch team as if you're on offense or defense. You watch team, with, uh, you know, film with the – the offense or the defense that you're with you, you have meetings with your coaches. Um, it never stops. You have to work out. Uh, you have, you have a lot of these programs now have a dietitian who tells you what to eat. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 24 uh, seven work and effort. And for him to, to refine, uh, rekindle his love and then, um, you know, work all the way from not being able to bench 185 to uh, being the big 10 player of the week. Uh, that's that's very impressive to me, and uh, I'm really glad we we had him on the show today and and got to hear his uh, perspective. You know, I I it was like when he was talking about the first time he ran out in the field in 2020 during COVID when there's nobody in stands. <laughs> I could only imagine it must have been like seven year old him like on Christmas Eve waiting for Santa to come bring the gifts. I mean, the same type of anticipation you could just see it in his eyes. Like he, I bet you his heart was going like a hundred miles an hour. The second he hit that, that tunnel running out onto the field. I, I could, you, you can't pay to have that kind of just over the joy, that just yeah. pure joy that he must have had. So no doubt. And you but said, this, it, you said it best. You said, when did it, when did it become real to you? And he's like, it still doesn't feel real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like that. I like that a lot. So, perfect. Perfect. Well, cool. Well, cool. I, uh, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed getting to, uh, to speak to him today. I, I liked our, our breakdown. I enjoyed uh, what we brought to the table with this, with this draft and we're going to continue. Uh, we got into the uh, edge rushers today. We talked wide receivers, we talked running backs and we talked corners. And uh, next time we get together, we will, uh, we'll dig into those other position groups and uh, take it a step further, but uh, great but show today. Before we go, we have one announcement we have to make, too, as well. Well, two announcements. But one one is one of our previous guests, who was a Hawaii alum, has now grad transferred to the University of Oregon, and that is Donovan Dalton, the safety out of Suaharo High School, but really out of Apple Valley, Minnesota. So want yeah. to congratulate uh, a little dub on heading up to Eugene and playing a little Pac-12 ball. We can and finally announce it. Woo! He, Yes. Yes. And we were, then we were, uh, we were kind of we were kind of we weren't sure where he was where he was headed, but we knew uh, he was in the portal, and we we couldn't really we didn't want to dig on him on the questions on our show. But it's great to hear that he's that he's found his home uh, in Eugene. He is a duck. He is nice. a duck. Awesome. And I, you got to remember, Fred, make sure people like and subscribe to the YouTube channel too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, get after it. Uh, we got to get that YouTube channel going. We have a new one. Uh, just do a search for man coverage. Maybe type in uh, Knoxville Nate or James Bonneville with it, and you will find it. Uh, but all of our shows are up there, and you can download them. You can watch them. Uh, you can watch it live there. You can watch the replays. But but definitely hit that up. And, and congrats to Donovan, uh, who was a guest on our show uh, with his brother and his dad, finally getting uh, out in Eugene. Perfect place for him to go. Uh, stellar defensive player now getting to uh, play under coach um, landing out there. Uh, it, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be a tremendous spot for him. So anywho, thank you for bringing that up as I forgot to announce that. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in today as we appreciate uh, all of you listening, watching and tuning in on your Sunday, have a great rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll talk to everybody real soon. James. 
Hey, thank you, buddy. Sayonara. Talk to you. All right, bud. Have a good one. Bye.